Hello and welcome to the RBC Broadview Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. And so across this year, we're going to look at the words of Jesus. We're going to look at the things that he said. We're going to look at his stories. We're going to look at his parables. We're going to look at what he taught and how it is that we can live that out and how we can obey that, not just to hear it, but what does it actually look like to speak the words of Jesus, the stories that he told, to speak it out? What does it look like to obey it? We're also going to look at the works of Jesus, We're going to look at his miracles, we're going to look at his healings, and we're going to see how is it that we can do the same types of things that Jesus did. Do you know Jesus says that you and I will do even greater things than what he will? It's a remarkable thought, but with the power of God within us and us following the person of Jesus, we too will be part of seeing miracles, we'll be part of seeing healings. This is the sort of thing that we're going to begin to look at this year. Also, we're going to fix our gaze on his acts of compassion and justice and mercy. We'll also focus on his ways, how he was different from every other leader that went before him, what motivated him, how he lived his life and what it looks like for us to follow the Jesus way in our world in 2020 and a new decade. And so I believe that it's going to be an exciting year and a challenging year in God's word, but it is going to be one that can be richly rewarding for us all. And so here's my Here's my kind of big prayer as well and hope for us all. It is this, that if you have fallen out of love with Jesus, if you've maybe become bogged down in work, in doctrine, in politics or in ministry, if you've been hurt by people inside the church or outside the church, if your trust in the goodness of God has slipped away, if fear and failure is dominating your life, if guilt and shame is, is dominating and taking hold of you, if you've become tired in your walk then as we focus on King Jesus this year, I trust that you will meet him. I trust that you will fall in love with him all over again and that you will be able to say, nothing matters more to me than Jesus. There is none but Jesus. There is none but Jesus. There's no one else for me but Jesus. Nothing matters more. And maybe you're here for, the, here for the first time and you've never put your faith or trust in Jesus. You've never said yes to Jesus for the first time. Well, maybe this year will be a year where you too will do that. And if you're here for the first time and you haven't done that, then I say, awesome, well done. It is wonderful. And I hope that over this next year, you might choose just to plug in and stay around and we'll learn together who Jesus is. It doesn't matter, you see, if you're here and there's someone new or there's someone who's been following Jesus for 50 years. We've all got something to learn, have we not? We don't know at all. We've all got to learn what it looks like to live out the Jesus way. And so we can all learn together. So if you are here and that is you, then well done. Stick with us and stay uh, with us and be part of this. So let me just unpack a little further this idea of following King Jesus together. So Jesus began his three-year ministry with this beautiful invitation, come and follow me. And he ended it 
with a challenge to go and make disciples. And in between that time, he lived a life so that people could learn what it looks like to follow him. He showed people what it looks like to follow him and he lived a life worth imitating. So what does it look like to follow Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Well, firstly, I want us to see today that saying yes to Jesus is saying yes to a life-changing pursuit of unimaginable splendor. This is a good thing, of unimaginable splendor. You see, there is no greater decision that a person can make than to say yes to Jesus for the first time. There is no greater decision that we can make than to say yes to Jesus every moment, every decision that we have to continually say that. So I want us to see a couple of the wonderful things that Jesus offers for us. Have a look at some of the things that he, he said. He said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. He comes to give us real and lasting life, abundant life. This is, a, this is a great offering, something of splendor that he comes to bring. He says, I have not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus offers us salvation. Salvation is in the name of Jesus. Forgiveness for sins is in the name of Jesus. This is what he offers us. This is amazing and wonderful. He says, I am the way. He says, I am the way to the Father. I am the way to know, to know God. Did you, did you know that you can know God? What a wonderful thing that Jesus offers for us through his life, his death, his life again, that you and I can know the Father and have a relationship with the creator of the world. Jesus offers us so much. He says he's the truth, that you can know what is right and what is wrong. You can follow him and that he again is real life. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. What an invitation. I don't know how it is that you come here today, but maybe you come here burdened, worried, with anxious thoughts are dominating your mind. There's chaos in your heart. There's questions. You're just burdened. You're just weighed down with life. Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest. Oh, my goodness. In a world that is just buzzing and heavy, how nice is it to know that we can come to him and he will give us rest. What a beautiful invitation. We can find comfort and counsel in him. And then he goes on, he says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Are you dry? Are you parched? Jesus comes and he gives us living water. He refreshes our soul and our spirit. These are just some these are just some of the wonderful things, the, the amazing and splendid things that Jesus gives to us. And so what does the Bible say about who he is to make these claims and to offer this reality? Well, I compiled this little list of who he is. Have a look. That's a few of the things that he is. He is the Almighty One. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's our advocate. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He is our authority, the bread of life. He's the beloved Son of God. He is our bridegroom, our bright morning star, our counselor, our comforter, our crucified one. He's the creator of all things. He's the chief cornerstone, deliverer, everlasting father. He's the forgiver of our sins. He's faithful and true. He's our faithful friend. He's the good shepherd, the great high priest. He's the head of the church. Amen. He's our healer, the hope 
hope of the world, the Holy One, the Great I Am, Emmanuel, God with us, our indescribable gift. He's the judge and defender. He's the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords. He's the Lamb of God, the light in the darkness. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's our mediator. He's our Messiah. He's our mighty one. He's a miracle worker. He's the one who sets us free. He's our hope. He's the promise keeper. He's our protector. He's the Prince of Peace. He's our Redeemer, the Risen One, the Rock of Ages, the sacrifice for our sins, our Saviour, the Son of the Most High. He's supreme over all. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the door opener, the way maker. He's the word of life, the true vine, the truth, the victorious one, the wonderful counsellor. Come on, let's give him some praise today for who Jesus is. This is all the things that he has done and that he's doing that he will continue to do. He is so much for us. He offers us so much. A life with Jesus is a life of unimaginable splendor. And we get to, when we say yes to him, that's what we get to enjoy. A life of unimaginable splendor. Let me just pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your, the unimaginable splendor that you bring into our life. We thank you that you are life, that you are joy, that you are hope, that you are our salvation, that you are our forgiveness. That you are, what, what you are the, the person who can show us the way, the truth, and find life. And so we thank you that in you is meaning and purpose. And right at the start of this year and this year of following you, we want to just say thank you. We have grateful hearts. We just want to say thank you for who you are. Amen. Well, now the invitation to follow Jesus has always been a call that also requires our utter surrender. It's a call to lay down our lives. It's a call to lose our lives. It's a call to come and to die. Take a look at some of the challenging things that Jesus asks of us. He says, anyone who wants to be first must be last and be the servant of all. Love your enemies and those who persecute you. Well, that's not easy. It's challenging. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus lays down some challenges for us as his followers. The reality is, church, that Jesus offers us everything, but he demands of us everything as well. That's how it works. And the reason Jesus can offer us so much unimaginable splendor, but also demand our utter sur surrender, is because Jesus is ultimately king. Who knew? Kanye is right. Jesus is king. We love, though, don't we, to talk about Jesus as our friend. We love to talk about him as our saviour. But the earliest Jesus followers, they went around and they declared that Jesus is Lord in a culture and a world that declared Caesar is Lord. In a world that declared that, they came in and said, no, 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 we have another allegiance. Our allegiance is to King Jesus. We follow him and we live out his kingdom. This was a dangerous declaration. And one of the places that we see probably most clearly the picture of Jesus as king is in Revelation 5. And we see that it's actually Jesus, the Lamb of God, who is actually the king of the world and seated on the throne and enthroned above. Let me read this. It'll be on the screen, but otherwise I'll have my back to you for too long. So let me read this here. Then I saw at the right hand of him who sat on the throne, what verse we started from, then I saw a lamb, verse 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre 
of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, the Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken up the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon ten thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped him. What an amazing scene. This is a picture of Jesus as our eternal king. Our eternal king enthroned above the centre of all things, holding all things together, his throne in the middle. I wonder, at the start of this year, the start of this idea of what does it look like to continue to follow Jesus together, if we can do a little stock take of our relationship with Jesus, how would you define your relationship with Jesus? How would you define your relationship with Jesus? Is Jesus front and centre? Is King Jesus front and centre or is he in the back right seat or something? If not, if he's not front and centre, what's, what needs to shift? What needs to shift to see that this happens? What's hindering you from making this a reality this year? See, if you were to read through the Gospels, in Jesus' ministry, he had many times where he drew a line in the sand and he had a line in the sand moment and he challenged people challenge people and why they are following him. One such uh, occasion of this is found in John chapter 6. Jesus, just before this, is going out and he's seen miracles, he's seen healings happen, and he's becoming really popular. Crowds of people are following him. And he's about to do a miracle where he turns, uh, he turns five loaves and a few fish to feed you know, potentially 15,000 people. And we see in verse Two of John chapter 6, we see um, some of the, one of the reasons why people are following him. And we're, they're told that, we're told that they were just attracted by the miracles. They were attracted by his splendor and by the splendor that he was offering them. And so I wonder today, why are you following Jesus? Are you following him just because of what he can give you? Or are you following him because of who he is? King. And are you surrendering your life to him? You see, many people just want Jesus as a consultant. They don't want him as a king. But Jesus didn't come as a consultant. He didn't just come to provide a service or to offer us something that we need. He came as king and he calls us to live our life in utter 
surrender. Jesus goes on in John chapter 6 after he performs a miracle and he challenges some of the people who are with him. He calls them to himself and he calls them to a deeper, closer, more intimate relationship with him. And then we find one of the saddest verses in all the Bible. It's this one here. In 66 it says, From this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. The challenge was too great. He revealed and made clear that what he offered wasn't really what they wanted. And so they turned back and no longer followed him. We then read that Jesus then turns to the 12 disciples. How do you think these guys are feeling at this point? He turns to the 12 disciples and he says, he says do you want to leave too? <laughs> do you want to leave too? But don't you just love Peter's response what an awesome response. If verse 66 was the saddest verse, this is one of the best verses. He says, Master, King, where would, to whom would we go? Where else would we turn? You're the one who holds the words of life. You're the one who has eternal life, real life. We've already committed ourselves to you. We know that you are the Holy One. We're confident that you are the Holy One of God. You see, Peter, Peter, Peter knows who Jesus is and he is resolute and he says, you are the King and we are following you. We are, we are with you. We, we are all in on this thing. See, Peter knows this, that King Jesus is not looking for fans. He's not looking for admirers. He's not looking for people who adore him. He's looking for followers, committed followers who have committed themselves to him as king and to his kingdom cause. Followers who know that he has the words of real life. Followers who know that although the cost of following him is great, the joy of knowing him is even greater. So let me ask you, will you pursue King Jesus this year? Will you pursue him with everything that you have? Will today be a line in the sand moment where you just say, that's it, I am in. And I, I have, we have already committed ourselves. I am in. There is no one else for me, none but you. Nothing matters more than King Jesus. You see, the good news is that when we do that, when we do that, we don't do it alone. We do it together. We do it together. You see, following Jesus was never meant to be something that we do in isolation. It was always and always best done together. See, our faith is personal. Your faith is personal. You need to make your own choice about who Jesus is. But it's not just meant to be about Jesus and me. It's always meant to be about Jesus and others. We do this following thing, we do it together. Following Jesus is a relational pursuit that we do together. Have a look at what N.T. Wright says about this. He says, The church exists primarily for two closely related purposes. One, to worship God. That's why we exist, to praise Him, the King on the throne. The second is to work for His kingdom in the world. It's pretty simple, isn't it? We have two purposes, worship and work. But the church also exists for a third purpose which serves the other two, to encourage one another, to build one another up in faith, to pray with one another and for one another, to learn from one another and to teach one another and to set one another 
examples to follow, challenges to take up and urgent tasks to perform. And of course, this is what Jesus modelled for us, wasn't it? He had his three, he had his twelve who he invested into deeply. He made disciples by inviting them into his life and by challenging them to look more like him in their beliefs and in their actions. And so this begs a very important few questions for us today. And it's these. Do you have a life worth following? Do you have a life worth following? Do you have a life worth imitating? Who is close enough to your life to see Jesus' words, ways and works lived out in you? Who's close enough? Are you inviting people close to you and saying, hey, come follow me as I follow Jesus. Follow me as I follow Jesus. And then how are you helping other people to be lifelong followers of Jesus? So your role isn't just to follow Jesus yourself. Your role is to help other people to follow Jesus too. Church, let us live as an example of Jesus that other followers can follow. Live your life as an example of Jesus that other followers can follow. Invite them to taste of Jesus as life and hope and challenge them to live the life of the kingdom. And let me tell you why I think this stuff's important. Like why have I just spent the last you know, 20 or so minutes telling you this? And why, why does this year, I want to have this year for us as a, as a church across here, Broadview, uh, Ross Trevor Campus, all of, our, all of our language services as well. Why am I so passionate about us having a year of following Jesus? Well, it's because we live in a world and a day that is rapidly changing and much of the future is uncertain. But there's one thing that I've come to believe to be true and that is that our culture is looking for authentic community. Our culture is looking for you and I to take our faith seriously, to take following Jesus seriously. They're looking for sincere relationships. They want to know, does this thing actually work? This thing that Andrew professes, that Sandy professes, that, that you profess, that Mark and Miriam profess, does this thing actually work? They want to know that. And so they're looking to us to see, does it work? Is it everything that it's cracked up to be? So let us be authentic and help one another to follow Jesus like never before. Help one another to follow Jesus like never before. You see, I also think this, that people are actually looking for an alternative way to live. They are. Everyone is. They just find the alternative way in something in, in, in something different sometimes than, than following Jesus. But what would it look like for us to show them, that, hey, this is an alternative way. This is a way that brings life. This is a way that sees a new way of being human. And you call them to follow that and to live the way of the kingdom. So let this year be one that helps one another follow Jesus like never before. So as our RBC family grows and we find ourselves over multiple languages and locations, it is really, really and super important that we follow Jesus together. Like It's really important. We're actually all part of something bigger. We're all part of the kingdom of God and what he's doing. And so what does it look like for us to continue to follow him together? And so we're going to continue to work on working together for the sake of his kingdom and the gospel. So in the lead up to Easter, one of the things that we're preaching through is the gospel of Mark in eight weeks. 
and it's going to be a wonderful and challenging series. And alongside this preaching series, there is going to be a connect group resource as well. And this series is going to be called Follow Me. And this connect group series is going to link in with our Sunday sermon. So if you're part of a connect group, I want to encourage you to do this series. Even if you're meeting fortnightly, just kind of juggle it around a little, um, either go over 16 weeks or you know, kind of bring two weeks into one. It'll all work. You can work out a way. But um, I encourage you to do this and to be part of it. The other thing that we're going to be doing is putting out a accompanying daily Bible reading and spiritual discipline plan. This will take us through the Gospel of Mark in eight weeks leading up to Easter, a couple of verses or whatever a day, the component of the passages of Scripture a day in the lead up to Easter. You might not have a daily Bible reading habit. This might be one way of you beginning one. It's a way of you saying, I'm going to follow King Jesus and this is something that I can do. Maybe you also don't know much about spiritual disciplines. There's going to be seven spiritual disciplines that you can actually look to adopt one a week. So around solitude and, and prayer and scripture reading, uh, silence, a whole range of ones that you're going to be able to learn and to try. These things will help you to follow King Jesus. There are ways of having utter surrender to him. And the reason why we want to do this all together across all of our uh, locations is because it means we'll be reading and talking about and reflecting on and praying through the same focus as one big family. Um, a few other new initiatives to let you know about as well. I think you've already heard about one of them today, but we've, um, we've uh, set up a podcast. And so this is another way of you just being able to access our sermons and our teaching easier. Okay, so you can log on to any of your favourite podcasting app and search for uh, the Broadview Campus Sermons, or if you want to, you can listen to Ross Trevor Campus Sermons as well, and you can equip yourself um, with the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you to access it. It's an easier way uh, than, you know, than just going on, you know, onto the website and finding it. So I encourage you to, to do that. The other thing that we are launching today is what we have called The Hub. And The Hub is an online a place, a one-stop place for all kind of your next steps, event registrations and payments, information, care, prayer needs and getting connected. And so, of course, there was, there's leaders and people that you can speak to about all of this as well, but this is just another way of just helping people to find it easier to make profound decisions and to take their next steps of faith. And so if you do have prayer or care needs, you can put them in there and someone will follow you up and pray for you. Just for instance, with the uh, volunteer breakfast coming up next week, you'd be able to go on to thehub.rbc.org.au and actually register. You can see it just over there, a screenshot of it. Or if you're needing to register for the child protection training and whatever we're doing, then this is just provides a one-stop place where you, can, uh, where you can go and to do that. And so you can access it on your phone, your iPad, or um, just on, on, the, on a computer. That's what they're called these days. Um, you, can, you, can do, you can do that. Uh, so that's the hub.org.au. Together this year too, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, finalising our constitutional review process. Yay! Everyone's really excited about that. But it's actually really important. It's something that we want to do that will um, kind of keep our church safe and protected, but also help us to set ourselves up to be able to advance the mission for the next generation as well. So it is something important that we're going to be journeying through uh, together. Uh, we also will follow King Jesus as we look to improve and develop the facilities here at our Broadview campus. As we grow here at Broadview, there is an increasing pressure and need to expand our children's and family space. 
spaces. I, it's already starting to enlarge from what it was, you know, a little while back, but we can kind of see more that we're, we, we need some more space, we need some more opportunity to be community together. And so we're going to continue to look at all of that. And, and Andrew, and when Reuben um, was leading here, he began the process of looking at what does it look like to have a vision for that whole outside area where it can create a family space that there's zones that are safe for kids, but for families to be able to, and kids to be able to run around and to have some play equipment to connect with our community and a whole lot more. So there's some visions and plans that we have and this year we want to kind of look to see, well, where are they going to go? What are we going to do with them? And of course, if that's going to happen, then it's going to be an investment. And this community is going to have to think about in what way are we going to invest into that, both in resources, physical resources, but also it'll take financial resources to see something like that happen. But the opportunities that can come of that, the connections with the community, the safety of our kids and the connections with family could just be really, really uh, significant. Um, It's also important here at Broadview that we continue to develop a core local leadership team here as ministries grow and develop and there's lots of different opportunities now for people to serve and uh, more midweek things that are going on. We need to think through a local leadership team. So that's things that Andrew and Rachel are thinking through and myself, we're praying over to see what does that actually look like. And we also need to continue to see that we provide good pastoral care and support across the life of this community. And as a whole uh, church family too, we also have a vision to build community and to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations and believe that in the coming years that God has more for us in this arena. You know, this community here is part of, is, is part of that. You know, we know the story of where we're at with this community uh, here. But what does it look like to do, uh, to do more? You know, Broadview is continuing to grow well. It's wonderful to see so many uh, new people and to see kids and all of that. And so we need to continually, faithfully ask the question, what is next across the life of our church? What other harvest fields, what other areas is God wanting to send us and when? You know, it might not be this year, but I believe that this year is going to be a year of preparation and a year of prayerful and planning to see what does it look like and when might God open up um, a new opportunity for us and new fields for us. And then, of course, we will continue with our ministry-as-usual initiatives, you know, like our Connect Groups, Broadview Together, Vibrant Worship Services here, Alpha, uh, and all the while continuing to ensure that all of our pastoral care uh, of all people, aged and stages, is met across the life of our church. And so I want to invite you just to be praying for some of these things and believing God for for more and all these things as we seek to follow King Jesus together. And so as we finish up, I I want to invite you to to stand with me. Uh, And in a moment, I'm going to ask Andrew to um, just to pray for us, a prayer of commissioning uh, over us, because this is is important, Um, following King Jesus and all that he has for us. I want us to pray and believe that, uh, that Jesus will send us out he will draw, him, draw us close to himself, but he will then send us out so that we can see more of what he wants to do in and through us. Because I really believe this. As I really believe that God's spirit, by God's grace, has been in and on our church and continues to be in and on our church. And that by his spirit and grace, that he will, has used us already to see incredible things happen and to make a difference in his name. And so I'm believing that this year and this decade is going to be one where we'll receive and see even more increasing favour 
from God and grace from God. And that we'll see more people come to faith this year. And I'm believing for more people to come to faith in this community. I'm believing for more people to go through those waters of baptism. People to make first-time faith commitments and then take their next step and to be baptised. I'm interested and believing to see more miracles, that we'll see more miracles, that we'll see more healings, that we'll see more lives change, that we'll see a deeper faith and a greater growth, that we'll see more generosity of heart with our finances and with our service, that there'll be more boldness in sharing our faith and more experiences of the presence of God in our services, in our prayer meetings, and that there'll be more hope and flourishing for those who are doing life tough. And I believe that as we, this year, live our life following King Jesus, that all of those things are possible. Would you believe? Would you believe? Would you ask? Would you give yourself to prayer for those things and a whole lot more? So, Andrew, would you come and would you, uh, would you lead us in a prayer of commissioning? Next week, by the way, Andrew's um, going to be uh, taking the second week of this series. So he'll be at uh, Ross Trevor in the morning and then coming here and then at night as well. So we're just looking to do this. It's another sign of us doing this all together and uh, so that we can follow King Jesus together. So would you lead us in a prayer of, uh, of commissioning and, and faith for all that God would want to do? Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.